Jonah chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die, and he said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Amen. Okay, everyone, if you have your Bible there, please do turn back to Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, as we uh, conclude our series uh, this morning. And it's good, we've just been speaking about God's character, God's character as waymaker, miracle worker, uh, all the attributes of God, uh, and that's something that comes out clearly uh, in our passage today in Jonah chapter 4. Now, last week we thought briefly how the end of each chapter in Jonah uh, could have been the end of the story of Jonah, when you think about it, uh, but that each time it wasn't. Well, and end of chapter 4, it definitely is uh, the end. But just to, to recap the story for you, remember uh, at the end of uh, chapter 1, uh, remember Jonah had uh, heard from the Lord that he was to go to Nineveh, Uh, to preach to the people there, how he'd willfully disobeyed God. He'd gone down to Joppa, down into the boat. He tried to get uh, as far away as possible uh, to go to Tarshish. And then he was thrown in the sea. And that could have been the end of the story, couldn't it? God's judgment on Jonah. But God sent the large fish to swallow Jonah. And then the story could have ended at the end of chapter 2, couldn't it? Jonah's been in the uh, whale or the large fish for three days, three nights, uh, and he prays to God, and then the fish vomits Jonah onto dry land. Do you think, well, that might be the end of the story. God has preserved Jonah's life, but he's going to have nothing more to do with him. Maybe we would think that was the end. 
And it could have ended at the end of chapter 3, couldn't it? Because remember, at the beginning of chapter 3, God calls Jonah a second time. And we thought, how God is like that. God gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And so Jonah goes this time to Nineveh. And at the end of chapter 3, what do we see? We see the people of Nineveh repenting and God relenting. He doesn't bring on them the judgment that Jonah had said he would. And what a brilliant ending to the story that would have been. That would have been tremendous. In many ways, I wish that the story of Jonah had ended at the end of chapter 3. You ever think that? You ever think, that's a magnificent story. Wonderful. Jonah eventually goes back. He goes to the people of Nineveh. They repent and God relents. Wonderful. End of the story. That's great, isn't it? You can all go home happy. But then we've got chapter 4. Oh no. And it's kind of tricky, isn't it? It's in some ways a postscript to the story. And in this part of the story, what do we see? Well, we see Jonah complaining to God and moaning and being angry. We're never like that, are we? We never complain. Oh, it's awfully cold, isn't it? Oh, it was really warm last week. Oh, it's cold now. We never moan, do we? We never get angry, do we? Well, Jonah is complaining and moaning, getting angry. See, as we know, God called Jonah to go to Nineveh right at the beginning of chapter 1. And when God did that, Jonah ran away. And here in chapter 4, we see the reason why Jonah ran away. Because Jonah says, look, God, I know that you're a God of compassion. I know that you're a God of abounding love. I know that you're a God of grace, effectively. He knows that this is the kind of God that he has. And Jonah also knows that Nineveh was in Assyria. And the Assyrians were enemies of Israel. And this is the reason that that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Because he didn't want God to show mercy on the enemies of Israel. That's Jonah's reasoning. Now, if you think about it, in in so many ways, that's, that's really twisted in terms of a way of thinking, isn't it? Jonah decides he's not going because he doesn't want God to show mercy, doesn't want God to show love, doesn't want God to show grace. It's a twisted way of thinking. But clearly here, Jonah is upset and he's annoyed with God. Indeed, it says in verse 1 that the fact God relented seemed wrong to Jonah and he became angry. It's almost as if Jonah's gone to Nineveh and he really hoped that they're not going to repent so that God would bring judgment on them. But Jonah knows the character of God. Gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents in sending calamity. And rather than rejoicing that the Ninevites have repented and turned from wickedness, 
and sought after the Lord. Instead, Jonah's angry. So angry, he wants the Lord to take his life, which seems a bit excessive, doesn't it? And the Lord simply replies to Jonah, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right, Jonah? That's what the Lord says to him. And the Lord then goes on to teach Jonah a practical lesson and then leave him with a question which will make him think. And this whole story of Jonah ends in a question. It's not just a question for Jonah, it's a question for us. And Jonah never answers that question. We don't really know what happened in Jonah's life. But it's also a question for us, as we will see. You see, what happens in this chapter is that Jonah's so angry that he goes out to, to a place to the, to the east of the city and he's sat down, probably despondent and angry because he, he doesn't think that the Lord should have relented, doesn't think that the Lord should have been gracious. And so he's in a cream puff. He's in a huff. And he sets himself up a shelter and he waits to see what happens to the city. Now, I don't know why Jonah's there. What's he expecting is going to happen? Perhaps he thinks, you know, once he's spoken to the Lord about that, the Lord will see that Jonah, he Jonah, is right. And therefore, the Lord will bring fire and brimstone down upon Nineveh. Maybe that's what Jonah's hoping for. Because Jonah clearly thinks he's right. And the Lord is wrong. And as he sits there, Waiting. Now, it says he's built a shelter here. It's quite clear that the shelter probably doesn't have a roof. Because as he sits there waiting, the Lord provides a, a leafy plant which gives shade for Jonah's head. It must have been a, a very fast-growing uh, leafy plant, but up it comes, and it gives shade for, for Jonah's head. And it says in our passage, Jonah is very happy about this plant. He's very happy. It's providing shade for him. And so he's grateful for it. So there he is, shelter around him, plant over the top, looking down at Nineveh, wondering what's going to happen. And he's there a long time. The very next day, God provides a worm, which chews the plant. And so the plant withers. And then the God provides a scorching east wind. Now, I hope you've noticed the word provide here. It appears all the way through Jonah. It's the same word as is used when God provides the large fish to swallow Jonah earlier on. And it shows all throughout this story that God is the one who's sovereign. He's the one who provides. He provides the plant for comfort. He provides the scorching wind to test Jonah. And as the, the worm chews up the plant and the plant withers and the scorching wind comes from the, the east, Jonah feels the sun on his head. We don't know if he's kind of lacking hair in that direction. That's the kind of way I'm going, I think. But he grows faint. And he wants to die. It's so bad. He's sitting there. The sun is beating down on him. And at this point, when Jonah... It's feeling so bad. God speaks again and he says to Jonah, 
Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah justifies himself. It is. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord has been teaching Jonah a lesson, hasn't he? Because the fact is that the plant hasn't been tended by Jonah. He had nothing to do with it growing. It simply grew overnight, and then it died overnight. It was God's work, and his alone. And God leaves Jonah with a question, which is a question for all of us. God says, Jonah, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. In other words, the Lord is saying to Jonah, Look, Jonah, it's up to me if I want to show mercy, if I want to show mercy. I am sovereign. It's not up to you, and it certainly isn't for you to decide. That's what God is saying. Now, as we finish off this story today, let's not think that we're any better than Jonah. Jonah does not come out of this story well. Oh, we've noticed that over the last four weeks. He's disobedient, willfully disobedient. He doesn't want Nineveh to receive mercy. To some extent, he thinks he knows better than God. Who in this story comes out well? Well, we've seen some of them, haven't we? The pagan sailors who sought after the Lord, they come out well. The Ninevites who repent right the way from the the animals to all the population to the king, they all repent, seek after the Lord. They come out well, don't they? But not Jonah. But the fact is that often, if we're honest, we too can be the same as Jonah. We might not have such a a specific call as Jonah has, but maybe we are meant to share the gospel with certain people because either we think that there's no chance that God would ever save them, or because we think, if we're honest in our heart of hearts, they don't deserve God's mercy. That's a terrible thing to admit to. But I'm pretty sure I've done that in my life. I'm no better than Jonah. You see, what Jonah has not learned throughout this story is that it has been God who's shown him mercy all the way through. All the way through, Jonah has been shown undeserved mercy from God. God did not have to send that large fish but he did. He didn't have to make the fish vomit him out in the land, which seems horrible, but better than staying in the fish, but he did. God did not have to call Jonah the second time, but he did. Because that is the kind of God he is. All the way through, Jonah has been shown undeserved mercy from God. And the same is true for us. Often in our lives, we we judge other people as if we are better. As if we are deserving of God's mercy, and they are not. But instead, 
we ought to be thankful and grateful and deeply humble that God has chosen to be gracious to us. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? That is the amazing gospel truth. Because none of us here this morning, and I can see all of you in your eyes today, and I can look at you and say, you did not deserve God's grace. And you can look at me and you can say, you did not deserve God's grace. But God is a God of grace. And he gives us his undeserved mercy. That's the wonder of the gospel. That none of us deserve it. But God shows us mercy anyway. That's the wonder of it. And how liberating, how freeing is that for us? You see, God has chosen to be gracious to us. And we ought to rejoice when people repent and God shows mercy to them. You see, it's God's prerogative if he wants to save the people of Nineveh who are in many ways ignorant. They, they can't tell their left from their right. They maybe never heard about Israel's God before. But when Jonah brings them that message, suddenly they are enlightened. They know about God. And they think we're going the wrong way. Their wickedness was pointed out. And they repent. And it's interesting that animals are mentioned here too, isn't it? We, we noted that last week, that even the animals fasted. The animals were, were covered in sackcloth. That must have been quite a sight. And here at the end, it's clear that God cares for His creation. He cares for the people, of course He does. But He also cares for the animals. He's, he's concerned for them. He doesn't want to destroy them needlessly. Sometimes we get that impression in our mind, don't we? That God is just waiting, waiting to destroy, waiting to, to judge. But God is not like that. He truly is a God who's slow to anger. He's abounding in steadfast love. Now we've already thought this morning, haven't we, about how this story could apply to us in a personal way. I was trying to think of a way in, in which this could apply in terms of our world today. Now, obviously, there is a serious situation happening in our world just now, isn't there? I wonder what you would think if God called you to go to Moscow to tell Vladimir Putin to repent and the people to repent. What would you do? Would you do it? Would you go? Would you run in the other direction as Jonah did? Would you run away saying, Putin doesn't deserve that? Doesn't deserve a, a second chance? What would your decision be? Because sometimes we look at the story like Jonah and you think, oh, Jonah's terrible. How could he not go? That's awful, isn't it? But it comes home to roost, doesn't it, when we think about a contemporary situation. Would we go to Moscow 
And what would we think? You see, would we prefer judgment on Putin in Moscow? Or would we prefer repentance? That's a good question to ask, isn't it? What a wonder it would be if Putin repented, if the people repented and turned to God. Remember, God is a God of second chances. He'll show mercy to those he wants to show mercy to, even when we might not understand it. So the story of Jonah, a lesson for us all. May we be obedient unlike Jonah. May we trust in the sovereign Lord who knows better than us, because Jonah, at times in this story, clearly thinks he knows better than God. God is God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are more marvelous than our ways. And may we also remember that God is a God who's slow to anger, who's gracious, compassionate, abounding in steadfast love. That's the marvel of the God that we serve. And as we come to Easter this year, We'll be celebrating Palm Sunday next Sunday as we come to Easter. And as we remember all God has done for us in the Lord Jesus, let us remember that God could have chosen to destroy us, but in His mercy, He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, have everlasting life. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe in a God such as this? Do you look at this passage today and it pierces you to the quick? Because you understand in your own life there have been times you wanted judgment for others rather than mercy. But the fact is that when we point to others, Three fingers are always pointing back at us because we recognize that we are not deserving of God's mercy, but he's been merciful to us and he's given us a great savior in Jesus. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Loving Lord God, we thank you for the question that the Lord leaves Jonah with at the end of this story. Should I not be concerned about that great city? It's a probing question because Jonah thought he knew better than the Lord. But you, Lord, know all things. You are sovereign over all. You know the beginning from the end. And you are a merciful, loving, compassionate God. Heavenly Father, we pray in our own lives that we would understand the compassion and mercy that you have shown to us. That if we are a believer in Jesus, then you have taken us from a place of death and a place of judgment 
to a place of life and a place of mercy. And we thank you that you love us so much that you have given us your only Son, Jesus. We thank you that he died on the cross in our place so that we might be set free and so that we might not receive the the punishment that we deserve. And Father, as we understand something of your amazing grace, we realize to our shame often in our lives that we are guilty of judging others, thinking that they could never come to faith in you, perhaps even thinking that they don't deserve your mercy. Lord God, the questions raised in this story are so probing for each one of us. But as you are a God of grace and compassion, we pray that we would be people of grace and compassion. And that, Lord God, we would rejoice as heaven rejoices when just one person repents. Heavenly Father, in our own situation here in West Kilbride, we long that people would come to you, that they would repent, and that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus. And Father, that they would join the body of Christ. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the calling that you've placed on our lives to go and to make disciples. And you place that calling upon our lives because you have called us. You have been merciful to us. And so we are to be merciful to others by sharing the good news of the gospel with them that they too might respond to you. Heavenly Father, we long that people would come to faith in you and that as we have found you to be a God of mercy and compassion, that they too would come to know you as their Savior and their Lord. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for these last number of weeks where we've thought about this story of Jonah and we pray, Lord God, that you would bring its message home to our hearts. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.